Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, I'm Cap along with Joel, and we've got our special guest, Andrew Farley, with us here on Growing in Grace. Joel, uh, another exciting week with Andrew. Of course, he was with us here recently in the town where we live, and uh, that was really refreshing for me. And Andrew, it's good to have you on the podcast again this time. Hey, it's great to be here, guys. Thank you. One thing we want to do with uh, having Andrew on the show here is a lot of people already know who Andrew is, but I think there's a lot of our listeners as well who might we might just be introducing Andrew to them. Uh, a little bit of uh, background about Andrew Farley. He wrote originally the book uh, The Naked Gospel. Uh, some people might be familiar with that. And there are several books that have come after that. What's your uh, website where people can find out information about you, Andrew? Sure. Well, uh, people can go to andrewfarley.org for my author site. They'll find out um, information about the books like God Without Religion and Heaven Is Now and Relaxing With God. We also have a church website called churchwithoutreligion.com. And at churchwithoutreligion.com, there's hundreds of free resources there, audio and video, a podcast and iPhone app and all that business. So uh, people can connect with us at churchwithoutreligion.com. All right. Well, um, Cap, law and grace, pretty cool subject, something that we talk about a lot. And man, let's uh, find out what Andrew has to say about some of this stuff, Cap. Well, Andrew, one thing that I know much of the church world is tied up with is mixing the old covenant with the new, the old commandments with the new life we have in Christ. Um, Let's start out with uh, at least one of the most uh, popular things out there among religionists, and that is the Ten Commandments. Uh, I'm not sure how you want to get started on this, but I'm just throwing that out there for you. Yeah, well, Cap, you know, people kind of hold on to the Ten Commandments like there's some exception. I mean, the Bible is telling us, you know, the gospel proclamation is that we are dead to the law and not under the law, and that Christ is the end of the law, and Galatians says we're not under the supervision of the law. And, you know, we read all that, and everybody nods their heads and goes home from Sunday school saying, amen, amen, brother. And then uh, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, for some reason, we hold that back. We act like that's an exception, that, yeah, we're dead to the ceremonial law, we're dead to the sacrificial system, but uh, the Ten Commandments is a whole different ball of wax or something. And the reality is that uh, when Paul writes the Corinthians, he says, hey, guys, you know that ministry that was engraved in letters on stone? He says that ministry was a ministry of death and a ministry of condemnation. And I point that out, guys, because, you know, he's specifically talking about the Ten Commandments there. The, the Ten Commandments are the only commandments that were engraved in letters on stone. So while, you know, some religious scholars and people who, you know, really think they know their stuff are trying to tell us that the Ten Commandments are an exception, the Apostle Paul is very adamantly uh, stating that the Ten Commandments are a ministry of condemnation and death. And then, you know, you go over to Romans 7 and you see where Paul is recommending that we get apart from law. He's saying apart from law, sin is dead. And you say, well, I wonder what the context is there. I mean, what part of the law is he referring to? Well, a quick journey through Romans 7 reveals that he's talking about one of the Ten Commandments again. I mean, he's talking about thou shall not covet. 
And he says that when he was under thou shalt not covet, it, it resulted in coveting of every kind and that the solution is apart from law, sin is dead. So, you know, it's, it's a strange business we're in, guys, where we're having to talk to people who are mostly Gentile peoples. I mean, most of us listening to this podcast, we're not Jewish people. We don't have Jewish bloodline. We're from a Gentile uh, race. And so, you know, we were never even invited to the law. And the fact that we have to discuss this and distinguish uh, this sort of teaching and really, you know, get down to the nitty gritty of what's the truth of our freedom from law, we really shouldn't even have to do that because most of us came from Gentile peoples who were never invited to the table of the law to begin with. As Ephesians says, we had no covenant, we had no hope, we were excluded from the covenants, we were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. So for us, really, it's the new covenant or nothing at all. Well... What you're doing there, Andrew, is you're just kind of throwing the whole law out. You're disrespecting the law. You're taking a <laughs> you're taking a black highlighter to all those old covenant passages. Isn't that what you're doing? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's great that you bring that up, Joel, because I mean, you know, it's funny how people say that this is disrespecting the law. I like to pose the question, I mean, who is really disrespecting the law when somebody takes 613 laws out of the Old Testament and then just decides they're going to scrap most of them and flirt with only 10 of them, or maybe, oh, let's throw the Sabbath out too because Christ fulfilled that, so let's just have the nine commandments. Oh, wait, let's go grab tithing for a minute. Now, look, Ma, it's a new set of 10. Uh, We start (laughs) acting like cherry pickers. I mean, we're cherry picking through the Old Testament law and we're basically playing the role of God. I mean, who said you can pick this one, but not that one? Who said you can pull out Malachi 3, but not Malachi 2? I mean, who said that you can preach that you're robbing God, but not tell people that they're cursed, like Israel was cursed? And and why aren't we telling people to bring grain into the storehouse, like Malachi 3 says? So, you know, it's picking and choosing and cherry picking, and that is what really disrespecting the law looks like. That's a total disrespect for God's law because Galatians tells us whoever doesn't do everything written in the book of the law is cursed. If you're under the law, you're required to do everything. It's all or nothing. It's not multiple choice. It's not cherry picking. So, guys, I think that the true respect for God's law is when we say, wow, 613 perfect and impossible standards under the law. No way. I can't do it. I need Jesus. And that is when we've truly respected the impossible standard and the perfect standard, the stringency of God's law. Well, with that in mind, um, because a lot of people are thinking, they're, they're thinking what they think they're hearing is that there's no accountability now. We're just throwing out the law. We're throwing out the rules and people can just go do whatever they want. And so they talk about needing this this balance between you know the law and grace. When really we find in Scripture that it's the law that entices sin, but but grace does something else entirely. So people will ask, well, if we don't have that, how do we live? Yeah, and I think there's an important question we have to throw back at that and say, well, imagine if we did have the law. Imagine defining sin by the law. Where would it stop? I mean, eating shellfish would be sin. Uh, Eating pork sandwiches would be sin. Uh, Doing Saturday yard work would be sin. Uh, Ladies leaving the tent during a special time of the month would be sin. So if we start arguing that we need the law to define sin, 
uh, we're entering into a bottomless pit. I mean, the law kills, and, it, and the law defines sin 613 ways. So what I really need to do is what you were already alluding to, Cap. I mean, I need to put myself under the grace of God and trust that the life of Jesus in me is enough to motivate me. And so why are people freaking out about this freedom from law? Because they think it's like a, a free fall into sin, and it's really a free fall into Jesus Christ. And there's a big difference there. You know, the Bible tells us in Titus, it says the grace of God teaches us to say no to sin and to live upright lives. So the law of God doesn't teach us to live upright lives. The grace of God does. So people who talk about how, oh, this is, you know, this is too much grace, too much grace. I mean, talking about something being too much grace is like saying something is too much holiness or too much godliness. We can never have too much godliness so we can never have too much grace, because grace is what motivates the godliness. Yeah, Andrew, one thing that people bring up then when we're talking about the law, they say, no, no, it's right there in Romans 3.31. Paul says that through faith we establish the law, we uphold the law. I'm wondering if you could address that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, really, if you look at the context of Romans chapter 1 all the way up to 6 and 7, I mean, Paul's not changing his tune in one verse. I mean, it's not like he's reversing everything he has said in the whole book of Romans by one little verse in chapter 3. What really that passage is saying, if you look up the original language for that uphold word, the word uphold, it means to hold up in high regard. It means to lift up and honor and respect it. And so that's precisely what I was saying earlier, that, you know, who is it that really holds up the law? Who is it that really respects the law? Who is it that really holds the law in highest regard? It's someone who says, wow, no way, that is so perfect and so impossible that I need to come to Jesus by faith instead. And so when we choose faith, when we choose righteousness by faith, that's when we have really respected the awesome and impossible standard of the law. Well, yeah, yeah context is everything, right, Andrew? Because uh, shortly after that, that nullified verse in, in Romans 3.31, Paul went on to say in the next chapter that if those who are of the law are heirs of faith, it's made void and the promise becomes nullified. So yeah. somebody might say, gee, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, what about that? What about that, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think this is a great one to sum up with because, you know, James is talking about faith and works there, and we tend to think that James's his view of, of works might be, oh, giving a lot of money at church or helping the lady across the street or getting on a plane and going to another country, and then if you've done that enough, if you've done that enough, then you have proven your faith, that you've proven that your faith is genuine, but really... In context, we get to let James, we get to let the apostle who actually wrote the letter, uh, he defines works in chapter 2. He gives several examples there, a couple of which are, you know, number one, you've got this prostitute named Rahab, and he says, what did she do? She opened the door. I mean, literally, her work was turning a doorknob. And then uh, the second example there is Abraham. What does he do? He uh, hoists his son Isaac up on an altar. Now, what I love about these two examples are that, you know, you, you got to ask, you know, how many times did Rahab open the door? One time. One time in her whole life she opened the door, and by that she was justified. 
And you say, how many times did Abraham hoist his son Isaac up on the altar? One time. And by that he was justified. So what in the world is James talking about? Apparently, God comes along with a message. God comes along with a, with a truth. And our job is to respond one time with a very active response, not a passive response, not uh, something like the demons have. Even the demons believe in good theology. But what Abraham did and what Rahab did, there's one thing in common there. It's an active choice and an active response to God's message. And I really think that's what James is talking about. He's basically saying faith without decision is dead. Faith without an active choice to open the door of your life is just dead faith. So if you sit there nodding with a religious notion of faith, a self-improvement faith, if you sit there nodding with just a bunch of head knowledge, a bunch of theological jargon, then you really haven't opened the door like Rahab. But the beauty of this is, if you're in Christ and Christ is in you, then the requirement of James chapter 2 has already been fully met because you opened the door of your life and you presented yourself to be offered, crucified with Christ, and you're a new creation. So James 2 was never meant to put us in a paralysis of analysis. Oh, am I doing enough? Have I got enough works? Have I done enough? Is my faith alive or is my faith dead? I got to prove this. No, that's not really the context of it. James shows us that it's a one-time work that involves opening the door of our lives and receiving Christ. Wow, man, I, I really hope that this is um, resonating with people. Such a lack of freedom in the church today, and all of this that we're uh, sharing here today, that we're hearing Andrew talk about, is hopefully stuff that will free people up, because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God doesn't want us to be burdened by a yoke of slavery, that is, being under the law or putting ourselves under any of the, whether it's the Ten Commandments or any of the uh, 613 commandments. So I really do hope that this has been helpful for people. I'm sure it's helpful for people. So we're so thankful, Andrew, that you've been on our podcast again. And uh, once again, um, here's the websites, andrewfarley.org and churchwithoutreligion.com. Check those out for more info on Andrew. And uh, Andrew, we'll have you uh, with us one more week here on Growing in Grace next week. So thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you guys. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.